0: This man has $6 million worth of heroin. It belongs to the mob, and all it will cost him is his life.
1: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio
0: Broadcast. American International Pictures presents The Italian Connection.
1: Chris Honeywell is an internet loudmouth. I don't think I could take a lead actor seriously if you look like Jay Leno. Hated and reviled by his few remaining friends, he catches the attention of Thomas DJ, perhaps the world's most cunning supervillain. Ensconced in his ultra scientific hideout, with only his robot army and stunning assistant to keep him company, DJ springs into action.
0: What is this idiocy? Virginia, used a molecular transmigration beam to bring this fool to me!
1: Virginia trains the hellish mechanism, and with a clap like thunder, and in a blinding psychedelic light, Chris Honeywell stands
0: before his tormentor. Normally, I do not suffer, fools. But I see beyond the yawning chasm of ignorance that is your brain and the endless sluice of sewage which is your mouth, that they form a basic animal intelligence that I may be able to mold to my own devices. Uh, okay. Therefore, in my mercy, I offer you two choices. Instant painless disintegration, or you study grindhouse movies at my feet. Now! Choose!
2: Uh,
0: I choose not disintegration. So be it. One month I shall assign you a movie to watch and will summon you again. Be ready, or the consequences shall be swift and merciless. Right, but how do I get to
3: NOW
1: this? GO And thus began one of the most dangerous and unpredictable endeavors in evil sciencing. The Honeywell
0: Experiment! summon Summon the 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 subject subject. take off that blue wig why you you don't like it just take it off not into dressing up here
2: um... I just thought, you know, I'd get into the... I thought I'd get into the the mood of the... Mm-hmm. Right? You know, if I'm... have no free will in this matter, I might as well at least have some style, right? Well, like I said,
0: if the only person who's allowed to wear wigs is a Virginia. Alright. So... She can um... have this
2: wig if she wants.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: So, <laughs>
2: for
0: this phase, phase five, I, we decided to dip our uh, toe into the Eurocrime genre, which if it, it, the Italians, as you know, never met a genre. They didn't want to rip off immediately. And when The Godfather came out in 1972, there was a flood of Italian uh, godfather ripoffs basically uh, crime films um everybody did one Um, umberto Lenze did some uh fulci did some everybody did everybody did one but the most famous of these films are from a director by the name of fernando de leo and we are going to be looking today at the second film in fernando de leo's milan trilogy the italian Connection one of two films he did with Henry Silva. And I will confess, when I first saw this at the recommendation of my peers, Will and Sam, over at The Gentleman's Guide of Midnight Cinema, I, I wasn't as engaged by it. But then I was watching the English dubbed version. This version that I watched for this time was the... Uh, the Italian language version with English subtitles, and I enjoyed it a lot more.
3: Hmm.
2: Interesting. I was wondering why of... Uh, this shows my ignorance of the, the genre, but I'm wondering that there's, you know, got to be so many Italian films, sort of like this film, why th- this one? And this is sort of a standout, like, this, did this make an awful lot of money, and
0: well, it's just considered one of the, the best. Fernando de Leo okay. is considered the Mario Bava of Eurocrime. So okay, I, I can see that. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I I was surprised at how m- much better it held up. I shouldn't have been, of course. I mean, it's, it's natural language. But I was surprised, particularly because of course, you had to get used to, to Henry Silva and Woody Strode uh, who I think... Are the MVP of this film, um, speaking in Italian, and I still will say that when they disappear from the film in that mid, in that middle half,
2: yeah, it's a weird structure. You you, yeah. you think right off the top, these guys are the are what these guys are the focus of the film,
0: right? They're the point of view characters. Yes, but it turns out that the, our point of view character is Luca Canali, played by Mario Ordov. A German Italian actor who is, much like Rudy Ray Moore, is kind of an unlikely action hero. Yeah. He's kind of dumpy. He, he looks like a, a lounge like singer. A he looks
2: like maybe somebody. He looks like maybe like the genetic mixture of Bronson and Jay Leno.
3: <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: The, sweat, the sweaty swarthiness of Bronson, and then the weird, you know, moonhead and frame. The, the of, chin and the teeth. The chin and the teeth, and then the, like, squared-off body. It reminded me, I can't remember the actor, the lead actor in, mm-hmm. of all things, Halloween 3. You know, that sort of 70s. Oh, oh Tom Atkins, you're thinking. Yes, that. yes. That, 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 that sort of build, you know. I mean, usually, like, action heroes... You know, before the '70s were like built like James Bond, and after the '70s, right. it's more like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. But then you got these guys that are like, you know, basically they look like Conway Twitty or something. Yeah, you know, they should be a, a, singing in a lounge or at a country bar or something, and mm-hmm. yet they're they're going to kick everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> as soon as End I saw up... this guy, and I'm like, all right, when you when you got. Uh, Silva and Strode—they look like badasses. Yeah. I mean, Strode's huge, and he's got that face, and Silva <sighs> looks like a looks like a like a chisel. And yeah, and you don't even his face is so sharp you don't wouldn't even want to punch it. You know, he he just has that look of like he's he looks you can see that he was a hostile kid when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then you got this
0: guy who's These just are sort two of like people who look like they were born pissed off.
2: Yes, and then you got the pimp who looks like basically he should be he should be Luciano Pavarotti and yes, Giorgio or something who's just like, <laughs> and this is a guy this is a guy who's gonna be the revenge you know the the right. who's gonna have the freak out and go on his bloodlust revenge battle and use all his his pimp skills to very Rudy very more actually yeah. And, uh, he and just yet, doesn't for the rhyme
0: first twenty much. minutes, we follow—we pretty much follow uh, Frank and, and David, the the, the Silva and Strode characters—exclusively, which makes you think it's going to be about their adventures.
2: Right, right. They're they're but hunt- no, hunting down this genius pimp who stole the mob's drugs.
0: Right. Although I think we learned very early on that. Uh, Luca Canali did not steal the drugs. No. Yeah, that was very that was very
2: as confusing for me as it was for him. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause I>, instantly <laughs> you're thinking, "Okay, this is going to be one of those guys who plays 3-dimensional chess and he's going to play hmm. both sides off each other or something." And No, no, he's just doing being a pimp. He yeah. just wants to be with his ladies and make some money for his wife and daughter. Yes estranged wife and daughter it's so we know where they're go. going
0: yeah of course straight
3: to
2: hell
0: <laughs> and for those those women that he hangs out with that aren't his uh, aren't his whores he keeps trying to sell them on the idea of becoming oh sure well yeah that's his job <laughs> you know <laughs> to keep i mean it's like he's always put every time he interacts with trina with trini who is a a minor character in this film and is into free love because it's the 70s he's always trying to say i'll make we'll make so much money you'll buy a house
2: and she's just like please with your board but but with your bourgeoisie house yeah. and all that but at the same time that that that's the thing is it had that feel, because maybe because he's so Rudy Ray, more like of being a vanity project, of like this being his script. You know, it's mm. like how else did this guy get the lead? You know, who? Wh- what is his? What uh, what wh- what is his pedigree that that they were like? Okay, he's going to be the action hero in this. And, I mean. Nowadays, you would think it would be done for irony or to just be unlikely or whatever, but I don't think so. I think in those days in Italy, he looked like your 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 man's man who is out there fighting yeah. and fucking, you know. Uh, of the
0: other two films in the uh, Milan trilogy, uh, one of them features a guy that looks kind of like Jason Statham's sad dad. <laughs> And the other one it stars Henry Silva. And we're probably going to visit that one before this this experiment is over. It's called The Boss. And it's... Ooh. Depending upon my day, it's either the my favorite or second favorite of the three films. Well,
2: um, you were right. Okay. I love their JB. JB. <laughs> it's everywhere in this it's movie. plot
3: point!
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere in this movie, and that's another thing. Is I I also hang out at the I'm a member of the the fa- Facebook page for Gentlemen's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Yeah, and they worship J and B, and there it is. And and you know I keep seeing posts of every movie. You know they're like, look, it's in this movie too. It's in this movie like four times. And and does and like we were talking about with. Um, Danger diabolic with um, put yeah. a tiger in your tank. and We're saying mm-hmm. you know product placement probably wasn't that you know sophisticated back then. So was it just like J and B was like the <laughs> the chosen drink of cheap filmmakers or something? Is it? I it don't a, know. I don't but... know about liquor. I don't. I'm not a drinker, so I don't know if it's like you know, like fancy was considered mm. fancy in those days, or if it was considered sleazy
0: in those days. But so I, I don't know what it represents. It right now, it represents manliness.
2: Yes. Okay, yeah. So so it obviously represents something, because it keeps turning up in these same kind of movies with sweaty, shirtless guys fighting each other.
0: <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> But you got so basically. David and Frank are uh, hired by uh, their their godfather, their Don. Who's very a feat
2: for a yeah. godfather.
0: To go to Milan because a big shipment of heroin has gone missing, and supposedly this Luca Canali has made off with it. And they're to go to Milan, murder him in a spectacular fashion, and make a big deal out of it so that everybody knows you don't fuck with New York. I like that scene where he describes,
2: he tells them how to be Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Spend a lot of money, tip everybody, be loud. Yes. And and generally making an ass every out Silva's of yourself. like going,
0: okay, this is my jam. Yeah,
2: Strode is not into it at all. He's not into oh. it. At, he's not into anything at all except crushing someone's head with just a look. But yeah, I Silva's watched. like, I got it. <laughs> I yeah. got this.
0: I would watch an entire TV series of David and Frank's adventures. I mean this is just this is just basically
2: sort of an R-rated 70s TV show when you when you take the music and the filming style and the budget and everything. So yeah, they are uh, and you know in the, these days they were always in the 70s they were always making movie characters into TV shows, even movie characters that would get killed <laughs> at the end of the, t- the movie would just turn up in TV shows, so... Yeah, yeah they should have done it. I'm sure Silva... I'm, I'm sure Silva and Strode would have been totally
0: into, uh... And the thing is, Silva is obviously having a ball. Yeah. He, he is wouldn't. having a lot of fun in this movie. He has a lot of fun in the boss, too. Although he's a much more steely character.
2: If you're the guy who's Gonna be an actor, and you're basically—I mean—Silva Sil- wasn't showing up going like, "I want to be the romantic lead in this in this mm-hmm. movie." He was playing the—he's play—he wants to play the scenery chewing bad guy every movie. And if that's gonna be your thing, you might as well enjoy it and just—he
0: yeah. d- just dives into it face first. But but I mean, the joy of this is—is is their double act because it's like Henry Silva acts like a goofball. And Woody Stroh just sits in the back of the car going, Man, I gotta fish this guy out.
2: Yeah, and you can't... It's it's great because he's a great straight man. And you can tell he's a little exasperated with him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's so big and so mean... He doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'd rather not get up and beat up all these
0: guys. But uh, once you get up, yeah, I might as well. Well, right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, we, we see how badass Woody Strode's character is in the in the final act where he he throws a car at somebody. Yeah. <laughs> has he's as he's dying of a gunshot wound? He's basically Jaws from the <laughs> from the James Bond
2: movies. Yes. That scene isn't there. There's almost a scene exactly like that, and I imagine this definitely came before. Yes. That that, but there's definitely a scene almost exactly like that with Jaws. You know where they obviously had to you know have some sort of jack on the car, so it's filmed from a weird mm-hmm. angle and that sort of thing.
0: But, um, when was the um. The Marathon Man. I think Marathon Man was 75. I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up.
2: This reminded me a little bit of the Marathon Man. Mm -hmm. Of an innocent man being tracked by merciless merciless killers. And being just completely desperate to figure out why the hell they want to do this to me. Mm-hmm. The scene that I, I thought the scene was great, where he, he calls up the Don and the Don's just like, "Why did you come in and talk to me?" And he's just like, "No, I know what's gonna happen if They're I think, oh, kill. I'll be fine. Come on in, we'll figure this thing out." And he's just like realizing, "I'm screwed. You know, I nobody's gonna give me an answer." Mm-hmm. And there's obviously and an answer. My wife I don't know child. what it is. <laughs> And I have nobody to turn to, and you know yeah. all his friends are in the underworld, and they all they all turn on him like, mm-hmm. like
0: except for Trini.
2: Yep, yep. Well, of course
0: she, of course, because she's the uh, she's the idealist, right? But um, we should also mention that the other the other Don, the evil Don, the one that uh, actually stole the heroin, and it's made like very clear Payback. up front. Yeah. Play- <laughs> is played by Adolfo Celli, who played the big Don, evil Don in Danger Diabolic. He's born to do it. Yeah, he's born to chomp a cigar. I mean there's that great scene in like the second act where he's having the conversation with Henry with Henry Silva and Silva's going, You need to show them you need the fear will go away, but that's not. And he shoots him in the knee, and he goes, "Okay, well, let me show you what I can do." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he he is. It's funny because he he plays like probably the most lifeless Bond villain of all time in uh, in Thunderball, and yet seeing him in his element in these more crime oriented films you really get a sense of what what a kind of a character actor he wants well i think you know
2: and you know it's not universally like this but i think generally in in a in a movie like that in, in a movie like diabolic or this
3: the mm-hmm. director
2: is more... Uh, he's dealing with character actors almost exclusively. Yeah. You're, 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 that's why I think Quentin Tarantino loves character actors as lead actors mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that. And when, you, when you're when you working on the, the uh, James Bond movie, they, it, it's not going to have the same feeling that the set of this movie... I mean, I could tell you know i mean it was probably like a, a a movie set you know all the the stuff of yeah. a movie set but it's going to be more spontaneous it's going to be more by the seat of your pants it's going to be more of a of a or less fear from the director of telling people to turn it up to 11 mm. or to you know less of a less of a maybe reaction to tell people to tone it down a little bit you know you, you whereas in a James Bond movie you might be trying to get, even though it is an exaggerated movie, it's not quite on this level. Yeah. And uh, so I noticed that a lot when when your, your favorite, you know, like Bruce Campbell. When Bruce yeah. Campbell would get, you know, scenes in the Spider-Man movies, they were the most, you know, unsatisfying Bruce Campbell scenes you'll ever see. It was just sort of like, hey, there he is. Mm-hmm. There's only yeah. one... Like it's a Campbell pity we never got to see that was a Surgeon General. I thought
0: it's a pity we never got to see Spider-Man Four because he was going to play Mysterio. That
2: would, I mean, yeah, that's really what you needed Bruce Campbell in a Spider-Man movie yeah. for. But I'll bet you he would. It would not have been an Ash Williams performance no. either. You know, um, the,
0: the idea be, uh, behind. Uh, the opening of Spider-Man four was we were going to see a montage of Spider-Man fighting a bunch of characters that Sam Raimi wasn't going to devote a whole film to. So you were going to see Mysterio and the Rhino and, uh, the black cat and all these other, like I said, these characters that he just wasn't that interested in before it became uh, about the, the vulture and, uh, the major set piece of that, that, sequence was going to be him fighting and capturing Mysterio who was going to be unmasked to be uh, Bruce Campbell so basically just a cameo anyway yeah it yeah. would still just be a cameo but it would be I'm like yeah I'd pay to see Bruce yeah. Campbell playing yeah. Mysterio yeah yeah <laughs> but um that's my favorite Spider-Man villain so there you go um but we're running a little far afield <laughs> yes <laughs> Because uh, there is, there are no, there are no supervillains in this film. There are just a, a lot of really craggy faces. There's
2: some, there's some fighting like I've never seen before. There's the Three yeah. Stooges like fight in yeah. here at one point. That's uh, always fun to see. I've never seen somebody poke somebody with a gun before. <laughs> <laughs> this, that was the. I was just like, well, he just. <laughs> That's novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess he didn't have to shoot him. I guess it's pistol whipping seems like it would be more yeah. effective, but taking the barrel and just jabbing someone <laughs> with it, I guess he could do that too. Now we need some hero that's got like a pointy, who's who's got like a you know a, a barrel on a gun that comes down to a point like a syringe or something or like a
3: <laughs> like
2: the blood gutter on a on a um. Oh, what do you call it uh, that you, that you would put on the the front of your civil a bayonet or something? A bayonet, like that. yeah, a little bayonet pistol or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like he just poked that guy. <laughs> Another thing that, that that says that this guy is a good guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Animals like him. What was oh, up with the a... kitten, man? <laughs> oh yes, because I, I I remember. Th- I, I'm a big fan of a podcast. Called uh, critically acclaimed, and one of the two hosts, William Viviani, has a cat called Luca. And when I watched this again and saw that scene of him finding the cat in the junkyard and playing with it for like what seems to be like about three or four minutes, they had to.
2: That cat just had to be in the junkyard. That's how that yeah. got in there. It's I said,
0: I, 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 Twitter, I tweeted at, tweet about, is this the descendant of? is your Luca, the descendant of the cat that Luca Canali plays with in the, uh, in the junkyard. He said, yeah, that's where we got the the name from. So, but um, he likes animals. He likes children. Uh, the whole reason that was why- the
2: most tension for me in that whole movie was like, please don't let that cat die. And, <laughs> and, I, and he was on it too. He was just like, no little cat go underneath here. There's yeah. men shooting. And then they, and then <laughs> they get the cat. And it's just like, oh, man, he's going to John Wick your ass so bad. (laughs) I haven't even seen that movie, and I know what's coming when you shoot somebody's pet or their little friend that they just made. (laughs) I'm a cat lover, too, so I don't want to, you know, I'm just like, oh, no, it's personal now.
0: Well, well, so am I. I mean, my, my cat, Tabitha, is hanging out with me right now just sitting there looking all goofy that's what they do that's what they Yeah like well at least she's not playing dead kitty again <laughs> um but i mean they they established this whole thing with him and Trini is you know he paid for her medical bills he's got a good heart right he's like blowfly blowfly he's
2: he's got he's the pimp with the heart of gold mm-hmm he res. res there's respect there's there's like the girls the girls don't just you know aren't just there to get for their money they re- they they kind of love and respect him Hmm. well the the, the one that he's part. living with maybe not so much. <laughs> maybe not so much yeah that that's that's a bit dysfunctional yes yeah but uh That's sort of the times, though. That yeah, it, like well, yeah, when that exactly. movie came out, that was just like, yeah, well.
0: Well, there's that one scene where they uh, the two thugs of Don Vito, the uh, Adolfo Celli character, are slapping her around and twisting her nipple, and I'm like, well, it was a different time in
2: 1972.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a difficult scene. Because it's just, it just goes on and on and on. Just, let's slap her some more. And she's just constantly crying throughout that whole thing.
2: Just, yeah, yeah, I forgot. That was another one of the things that, that made it completely not
0: made for TV. But the yeah, new well, I mean, that was during that whole weird, like, about 45 minutes where uh, Silva and Strode disappear from the movie entirely. Yeah, and it be- it becomes a
2: different movie. It's it's like it's yeah. like one movie with like a, with like a, a different 45 minutes in the middle. It's very mm-hmm. sort of like pro like proto Tarantino like, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Okay, well, we've got that established, let's just go to this for a while."
0: Well, well, supposedly the characters that uh John Travolta and Samuel Jackson played in Pulp Fiction are meant to be tributes to David and Frank.
2: Okay. I can see that in, in a way.
0: Not directly, but... Uh, but also, they... I hope you like car chases, because there's one car chase in this film that goes on... forever.
2: It reminds me of the Raiders of the Lost Ark chase, because he does a lot of climbing around the outside yeah. of just a lot smaller cars than Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, he's... I. That is a I love that car ch- I love that whole section there's a lot of chasing going on from yeah. the minute his wife and daughter get killed and he you know he wakes up and realizes what happened yeah and just starts running it reminds me of my movies in college <laughs> <laughs> The the way that the chase scenes are filmed, and it, they were filmed on the go, cheap, with lots of handheld cameras, and they're and... like
0: pushing people. I mean, there's that one bizarro side where the, where the where the, the guy he's chasing goes into the pool. Oh right, yes. Runs up the pool, and the guy in the speedos like, oh no, you can't! And he just goes and throws him in the pool, and yeah, yeah, it's it's
2: fun. <laughs> And there's a part of the chase where people are running and climbing over walls and stuff. Yeah. Super cheesy. I love it. I love that kind of... And and everybody... Nowadays, like, I would think that would get... That whole chase sequence would be really rousing with the younger people in an ironic sort of way. You know? They would be like, oh, look at this. This is the, you know... you, you might be able to even show this to 20 year old they're like oh they filmed this to be like one of those old 70s
0: movies <laughs> well it was a 70s
2: movie. yes exactly and this is what they're, they're they're getting it from and this is but this is so prime of that mm-hmm. type that it's almost hard to, you know it's got the wah-wah pedal and the, right it's that kind of that jazz that kind of like smooth jazz score wow well, that starts getting <laughs> hutched. Yeah, background music going and dip, 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 pow, and like and you know and and the the chases remind me of free improvising as a kid when we'd be like playing cops mm-hmm. and robbers and it's like you're behind the PNC grocery store and it's just like yeah see those see those bread racks there we could climb up the bread racks and go over the wall yeah boom over the wall you know and then you run over here and then you kick that box over and throw the old lady in the garbage can. <laughs> I love it uh, 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 that's that's how you do the chases and lots of lots of uh, handheld cameras. There's one shot in this movie that's so Italian mm-hmm. that it's just unreal. it's so short. And it's unrepeated in any sort of way mm-hmm. in the rest of the movie, and that's at the, at the beginning where he breaks up the fight at, in the park. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! And uh, he knocks the one guy down, and then the guy pulls out the knife. This was yeah. totally out of one of my. <laughs> it's it's the edits are kind of fat in it too, but he pulls out a knife, and then the cameraman had to have been sort of down on the ground with with the guy, and then handheld it up. Sort of in under the guy's arm, so you're basically just seeing the guy's hand and the knife coming up as the guy gets up. But he's got his two friends on either side, are are coming in at him, and it's just this awesome shot of rip that it's kind of Sam Raimi like. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he takes a stab at him, and they let the knife get like just a half inch away from his side before he kicks it away. It's beautiful. Beautiful, very, and just that following him up from the ground, following mm-hmm. the knife up from the ground is just Italian to me. It was, if there was, a, if I was had no idea what I was watching, and there was any doubt that this movie was made in Italy, which by now I'd have to be a moron not <laughs> figured right. it out, but that would have clinched it right there. I'd have been like, oh, up, mm-hmm. oh, that's Italian. That's Italian,
0: and of course the, the rather. Um cavalier attitude towards the female characters yes yes um who are here either to get slapped or get killed except for Trine.
2: yes and and i think she was in there because there were a lot of movie you know you you almost if you if you had women in there you had to, and it was a good excuse to have sort of swinging orgy shots yes. too and <laughs> You know, just sort of like uh, the shots in Diab- *Diabolique* in *The Club*, yeah. where they're passing the joint around. That was just something. That was that was a spice that you threw in movies in those days because it had young, pretty people and nudity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just don't know why they, they, they made her wear that wig because she looks much hotter without it. That was, uh, but I mean that that wig nowadays. I mean.
2: Lady Lady Gaga makes that wig look like something you would wear to, yeah. you know, see on the people of Walmart. So, but in those days, you know that she looked like, um, you know what she looked like? She looked like one of the mannequins in the beginning of A Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. basically. So maybe they were going for
0: that. Might have been intentional, yeah. Imagery, yeah. Um, I sort mean, of looks like the poster art for Blue Sunshine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get to that at some point um and then like Luciana Paulusi who is top build in this film I mean, she's like i think like the third or fourth build uh she has an almost nothing role she's she's introduces here's the person that's going to lead that it's going to be your contact in Italy and Henry Silva ogles her a bit she has a couple of scenes and then she gets run over.
2: <laughs> yeah, she seemed, and and she seems like one of those characters that you're going to, you know, it seems like they're keeping her, you know, character a little covered up because she has she seems like she's got her shit together really yeah. good and she's more complicated than she's letting on. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're expecting you're expecting interesting things from her.
0: Well, yeah, especially since you know Paluzzi was you know internationally was known as a Bond girl. She was uh, Fiona Volpe, I think, is the name of the character in Thunderball, the the female assassin on the motorbike. Right, right. She no, she the
2: the way they presented her character was that she was on the down low, the the most dangerous person in the yeah. room. And, uh, Hello. you know, next to the mob boss, like she's right next, she's the hand of the mob boss and, you know, could, could give anybody there a run for their money. Maybe if it wasn't physically, she would still be cagier than they were.
0: That's how she got out, no. where she is. Yeah. It just, she's just there to get run over. At the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the climax, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, one of the things that strikes me about about this film, like I said, is that these are these are these are people who have faces. Yeah, there are no real pretty boys in this film, except for uh, uh, the the one friend who kind of turns on Luca but doesn't. Oh,
2: uh, yeah, he he sort of looks, yeah. <laughs> It kind of looks like he could have been one of the monkeys or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and but most of them have to
0: to quote Henry Silva a face like a dog.
2: Which is better in these kinds of movies?
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I'd, I rather,
2: I'd rather have them, sw- you know, swarthy and lumpy and <laughs> and um, <laughs> peckin paw like you know than than pretty boys. We're get, you know. I mean, I mean, pr- I I think movies have been the casting of movies has been getting prettier and prettier as time yeah. goes on and to the point of where we're just way too used to it. And we need more, you know, James Coburn prickly pears, you know, <laughs> I mean, it used <laughs> to be male lead was like 60 year old James Coburn with a whiskey grasped in his hand right. and four days of stubble on there. And it, and you know and he that was that was who the twenty year old girl was just like hi in the, in the movie, <laughs> just basically completely implausible and unrealistic, mm-hmm. as a movie should be.
0: Well, I love, for example, that 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 the assistant uh, to Don Vito looks like basically a, a big pile of suet, Damiano. A big pile of what? A big pile of suet. Oh, Suet! Yes. yes. <laughs> in fact, I got him almost confused with the, the <laughs> actor who is the the lead in Caliber uh, Nine. I just
2: haven't heard the word Suet in such yeah. a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> but I mean, I think that I, there are there are these two films that don't really quite meet up. It's like basically, so we have the the um the hitmen and they have their little thing and then they disappear and then it's it's Luca Canali getting revenge for his family and going up the ladder until he has his confrontation with Don Vito and then hey all of a sudden the hitmen are back yep and then it has a
2: very just grim 70s ending everybody well we don't know if everybody dies because it's. Yeah, he looked like he was in he pretty bad like he, yeah. shape. Although the last the last title card said he was fine. So mm-hmm. that 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 cracked. Me. That's my last note was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I know well, it's fini fini. It's yeah. finished, but it's just like, <laughs> it, it's just funny. It's just like I, dude, you are not fine. <laughs> you are the opposite of fine right now.
0: Well, for God's sakes, he had a he had an entire car thrown at him. He was pinned under
2: a car. He was pinned under a car. I thought he lost that
0: arm.
1: If,
2: to be honest, I was waiting for the arm to drop off. Is what? Or, or yeah. I, I actually thought he was gonna come up with just like, you know, this. Like one of those arm suits where you have, <laughs> yeah, he has a, he has a kind of body that you can pull that off where you tuck mm-hmm. your arm across your front, and, <laughs> and then have your 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 pulsing bleeding stump sticking yeah. out there. But they decided not to go for that. But I'm just assuming since it was like you know early '70s, and. That they didn't explicitly like have him walking away like I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> yes. That he was gonna die. You know that was oh, just yeah. how this, it go. Is- that's how it goes in the '70s. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, he didn't make it, but he took all of them with him.
0: Yeah. So
2: that that's what I took out of that.
0: Uh, See, and- that's what I kind of miss about movies, and it's why I usually say that the seventies were the last great era of movie making I mean, is that you were allowed to have these kind of ambivalent endings.
2: Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, if you didn't, you were just too sugarcoated. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think it was, you, you, you needed to, you needed it to be silent running every time or, mm-hmm. or silent green, you know, or yeah. night of the living dead.
0: Hmm. Which is why I think, I mean, I just did, for the Halloween Horror thon, I just did The Mist.
2: Yeah, that's about, that's actually about, is and that's not the 70s, but that's a 70s ending there. Boy, oh boy, yeah. the movie, right? Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's it's definitely Frank Darabont's love letter to George Romero, because it's all, the film is, even though there are monsters in it, the film is about how people fuck it up for themselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's more about, it's more about the, if you guys could just stay in this goddamn room, mm. nail up the doors, you'll be fine, but you just can't do it, can you, humans? Nah. <laughs> you nah. just can't. And, uh, as a matter of fact, you're dead set on destroying yourself. And, I, you know, I mean... They even re- didn't they do like mad max and release like the, the black and white cut of
0: it's it's on the um it's an extra on the dvd
2: on, on one of the dvds because yeah. that that movie i mean that movie it's not a colorful movie anyway it all takes mm-hmm. place in the mist it it was almost black and white to begin with but yeah once you make it black and white and put that ending on it and the the basic concept of it it's night of the living dead it's yeah it's uh, although it is almost exactly like the Stephen King story. I remember reading the story mm-hmm. and not feeling very Night of the Living Dead about it.
0: Yeah. But that well, King big... claims that he, that Darabont actually improved his story.
2: I think he gave it a more solid ending. That ending mm-hmm. is dark, and I know a lot of it people. Is. I know a lot of people who were like sold 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 on that movie up until the end and then they're like i hate that goddamn movie Mm -hmm. and and um because it was cleaved so close to the story which was good and then was so different and so horrible like and most of those people have kids too so
0: that's oh that yeah i can understand why that's totally
2: understandable i mean it was harsh for me but mm-hmm. I think Darabont's ending, as far as a horror movie goes, is much better than Stephen King's, which was like, well, we just drive off into the, it, the mist is out into and we're driving mist. off into it and we'll live as long as we can, you know. So you just, it's sort of just like an isol- it's a it's somebody's incident description of the mist
0: starting. It right. Have it's an it's end. basically the same ending as The Bird's. Yes,
2: yes, it is. Yeah, it totally is. It yes, it, it, it it's 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 almost like he decided to wrap it up as a tribute to the birds and Darabont I think in a more wise move is a night of living dead tribute mm-hmm. for sure. But uh yeah, that was uh that was one of the most 70s movie endings yeah. outside of the in the 90s.
0: This is like, but yeah, but, but the ending is fairly bleak in this film. I don't recall the ending being as bleak in the other two. In this trilogy, they're they're totally except for the the fact that they're all set in Milan. They're totally not connected. There are no characters that interweave. But um, and it, it's, I think what de leo was more interested in was this portrait of this man caught in these machinations that he had nothing to do with well it's like rocky
2: he he loses so he he dies at the end rocky doesn't die spoiler but yeah. he doesn't make it at the end but goddamn he takes on the mob <laughs> and yeah. and you know wipes out everybody who comes out him and, and takes out the boss mm-hmm. he doesn't take out the boss from New York
0: no and but, the, the, the the implication if he if he's still if he is fine as that title card says <laughs> yeah the, um that
2: you know that's what the thing is i guess he wasn't fine cuz there should have been a sequel of him mm-hmm. taking out the boss in New York with one arm as the one arm yeah.
0: revenge pimp well, that would have been like Italian Connection 2 if yeah. there was one. Yeah, what a movie that would have been. <laughs> then he
2: could have had a real, although it was his left arm that was under there, but it would have been great. He could have had a friend who was his right-hand man who should have probably been a woman. <laughs> yeah, but why, I, why isn't there a sequel to this if this was such a landmark film? Well, he must, he I must don't have, think he must have
0: yeah. I don't think it was considered a landmark at the time. I think that has with. Uh, well, all it has of... to
2: do to get a sequel and be a landmark is to make a decent amount of money. That's all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is that this story was over for DeLeo. DeLeo had another story he yeah. wanted to, talk to to do. He wanted to do a story about, uh, you know, the, the Boss, which is the next film in the sequence, is about a a hitman who is kind of like an orphan and he ends up taking over the up. and like i said maybe one day if we, if we if this experiment goes on long enough we will uh revisit the leo with the boss cuz i really like the boss a lot
2: and does that has um
0: Henry Silva. Silva in it too, okay. Henry Silva and this really smoking hot Italian babe who looks a lot like the old, uh... What Italian
2: movie doesn't have a real smoking Italian babe? (laughs) Well, the one... The the reason why this one stands out for me... That isn't like gay porn, and I wouldn't even put it past Italian gay porn to be filled (laughs) with smoking women.
0: Um is that she looked a lot she looks a lot like the the alt folk uh, artist Brenda Khan from the 90s. Yeah, I and I it. had a thing for Brenda Khan, so of course I have a thing for this this actress. But that's another movie which we'll talk about in another time. But <clears throat> you know, it it's it actually like I said, it holds up a lot better. It held up a lot better for me this year. I enjoyed it a lot. I mm. I,
2: I, I I enjoyed it through through and through. I I enjoyed the, the cheese factor of it and just as a I enjoyed the just kinetic nature of it, you know. Mm. I enjoyed the kinetic nature of a big blocky guy beating the hell out of everybody. <laughs> you know, improbably. I, I love the scene at the park where he beats up the guys with the knife and he's slapping the hell out of them. And then when the cops get there, his slap just becomes like a, like, okay, wake up, wake up. Oh, he's feeling lightheaded.
3: Mm hmm.
0: And oh, he obviously he was, he charmed fainted. the cops enough because,
2: yeah, he charmed the cops because they didn't arrest him. Yeah. They like him too. <laughs> Who doesn't like a pimp
0: with the heart of gold? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but um, but he he did a lot of these films. He the Leo did, like I said, he was the Mario Bava of Eurocrime. Because in addition to the Milan trilogy, he's done such wonderful uh, either written or written and directed such um, films as "Shoot First, Die Later." I've heard of that one. Live like a cop, die like a man. (laughs) I've never heard that one. Rulers of the city, which I think stars Jack Palance. See, as
2: soon as you said that, I just pictured a bunch of big wooden rulers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Young, sounds violent, boring. dangerous. Sounds like the a violent breed. That
2: sounds... Now there, we would get better than rulers. <laughs> Killer versus killers. Yes. Now there we go. No, nothing fancy. <laughs> That's, you know what you're getting. Right. You, you better be getting that. <laughs> there better not be much nuance to that.
0: Are there, is there a killer? Yes. Are there killers? <laughs> yes. Do they fight? Boom. Boom. Done, done,
2: done. There's the the contract in this mo- this movie is simple between viewer and artist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love... made
2: in college. I made a movie called War of the Mega Men, and it and it delivered. Right, exactly. Were there Mega Men? They were Mega Men, and they had a I,
0: battle. There you go. So so it, it some Mega Men it...
2: lost, some Mega Men won that day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the italians have a great sense of what makes a great title we've talked about this before they're very dramatic yeah it's it's just some i mean like i said i mean my favorite and we will get to this it is on the schedule we will get to this my favorite title of all every of any italian of any movie period let alone any italian movie, is of course for your vices lock room and only i have the key but <laughs>
2: There, there, there was a scene when he was sneaking around and trying to keep hidden when everybody's mm-hmm. looking for him. When he was standing in front of a newsstand, and I'm like, I'll bet you those are real Jallos behind him right now. You know that you were <laughs> yeah. always seeing like sex magazines and crime mm-hmm. magazines behind him, and I'm like, damn, those are probably actual. Those are probably actual mm-hmm.
0: behind him. So it was. Well, this is a time, you know, like in the. Where it wasn't calculated product placement. It was just, this is what was on the street at the time when we yeah. shot.
2: This is what you would see in the background. It was That was what was literally hanging on the newsstand that they filmed with or without permission <laughs> from, you know, when they did that scene on the street. They might, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of. You know that time period. There were a lot of movies and like in New York City and stuff too, where yeah. you know, just go out without a permit and get it as quick as you can. Oh, my favorite movies because that you get the real slice of life from that. You know, you get the real Times Square in the background and stuff. I like always
0: that. tell people if they ever want to see what Times Square really looked like, that they should look at the opening sequence to Shaft. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, where. He, comes at, it's like, I recognize that story. I recognize it it's 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 a very different place. Or you look at um Q, the, mm-hmm. that oh yeah, movie. there
2: was a lot of filming with no permits with Q. I guess with with that filmmaker
0: in general, Larry Clark yeah, Larry Cohen. Larry, Larry Cohen. Cohen. some Larry Cohen. And in fact, uh, Fred Williamson, who was in Black Caesar one of uh larry cohen's uh more famous films i mean it, it's funny that one of the greatest uh black exploitation films of all time was was directed by a white guy but williamson it said would be larry that, cohen yeah it would be larry cohen go figure um will there's that that scene in the, the climax of the film takes place where he's he shot in the middle of fifth avenue and they had no permit. <laughs> so there's Fred Williamson acting like he's shot and a cop comes over to him and goes, Hammer, are you making a movie? And Hammer Yeah, yeah. He said, Well, I'm gonna take a walk around the block. You don't be here when we when we get back.
2: That body better be gone. <laughs> yeah. I so. would have been like, I wanna be in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to put us in it. We'll pull up and and, uh, blah, 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 and you can run off, but we got to be in it. And that's when you get the cops looking directly in the camera and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Got to leave them in, man, or we're
0: getting arrested. Yeah. Well, he got kicked out of New York. (laughs) I believe it. He got kicked out. I I love this. He he got kicked out of New York uh, when shooting Hugh. He was banned from shooting in New York because the thing is of course he shot that whole sequence in the the uh, the climactic sequence in the uh, Chrysler building without permits. So what happened is people are looking up and seeing people with guns sticking out of the Chrysler building and they thought it was a terrorist attack. <laughs> and they called the police and the police came, and they realized what was going on. They said, You can't do this anymore you can't come in here and anymore. So what did Larry Cohen do? He wrote two scripts, Perfect Strangers and Special Effects, and that's one of the ones we're probably going to be talking about, Special Effects. Um and shot it in New York anyway. <laughs> it's a big city, why not? Yeah, he just he just went and these were lower, these were more down low, these were not like big showy spectacle movies. These were down low kind of mysteries. But he went and shot in New York anyway. Fuck y'all. The
2: first Fuck. time I ever heard the phrase um, "It's better to uh, beg for um, forgiveness than to ask for permission" was in film school. <laughs> was a teacher saying it? You know, it's better to get your shot and then be like, oh, "I'm sorry, I had no idea we weren't supposed to do that." Than to ask them because they're going to tell you no every time. <laughs> <laughs> and that had has served me well and i've never even been in a like a real production like larry cohen you know mm-hmm. not like a real hollywood one where they're just like oh we'll just pay for all the permits and stuff like no like a real movie where it's just like all right we might be getting arrested today <laughs> <laughs> but not if you're fast <laughs> that's a real movie they got to
0: catch you first
2: yeah yeah it's got to be somebody who's just bringing up bowfinger the other day, and they're like, I don't know, I think that movie's kind of a classic, and I'm like, damn right it is. <laughs> it's its got that, that thing of like, what are we going to do? I don't know, put heels on the dog. That'll <laughs> make him walk.
0: <laughs> so, I, I, I gather I don't even have to ask if you'd recommend this.
2: I would definitely recommend this movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I used to be such a snob about Old Italian movies and think they mm-hmm. were the goofiest, most boring things. Now and now I cannot get enough. The, gr- the greasier, swarthier the lead, the the more dubbed in the vocals and sound effects are. The chanky chankier the music is. I'm I'm all for it. the the bright red. The, the more poster paint the blood. Mm-hmm. The the. I cannot get enough of it, and not in a, not in an ironic way. God damn it! In just a pure, I, I just love the way they approach cinema as a visceral medium, as mm-hmm. just a get it done type of thing. You know, there's. I I love it. Like a bludgeon.
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to... I've decided to let you stay in Italy for one more phase. Yay! And as I stated at the top of this show, um, the Italians never met a genre they didn't want to rip off. And when Mad Max came out, and more importantly, Road Warrior came out, the Italians... Did a whole slew. Oh my God! Which one is it? <laughs> 1990, the Bronx Warriors. Ooh, I may have seen
2: this one.
0: hmm Featuring a hero named Trash. I well, there, there's,
2: I mean, Italian Mad Max ripoffs were just flying off the shelves of my video rental, um, place. They were just, they were just, they, they, they ordered those like, you know, there were, there were a lot of genre movies I had to wait till I got to a bigger city to find. No problem with that stuff in Carthage, New York, but you know, I mean, I remember, I, I, I don't know if it was actually Italian, but it might have been. Was Future mm-hmm. Kill Italian?
0: Ah, uh, I'm not sure.
2: I know it had an H.R. Giger poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, all the Mad Max, I guess maybe they were just very popular. Yeah. So th- they were just always there, and we watched every single stinking one of them, and most of them were just horrible.
0: Well, this one is one I have fond memories of. I haven't revisited it in a long, 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 long time. Uh, although, recently, the Nighthawk Cinema here in, in Brooklyn uh, did do a showing of it with a live rock band doing musical accompaniment. Uh, which I did not get to see, unfortunately. But... Uh, this will also be our first visit to the weird and wonderful world of Planet Fred. Because this is we be our first Fred Williamson movie. Excellent. So, Fred Williamson is a genre in, in, in and of himself in grindhouse Cinema, and we will so discuss this, him next time.
2: This is our second exploitation actor in an Italian movie. Yes, it is. Although
0: I I don't think Woody Strode really counts because he was, I think he predated, he was a a big western stalker. Oh, okay. But, I mean, uh, yeah, this is going to be, but he's, Williamson is such a major figure in in Grindhouse cinema as a whole that it was a matter of time before we uh, ran into him. Cross
2: paths, yeah.
0: Yes. So, uh, next phase, phase number six will be 1990 The Bronx Warriors. Excellent. Now, pick up your dang silly wig. And
1: our website at twotruefreaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s you can email two true freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on itunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow